0: is the Only in Miami show hosted by Grant Stern. Tonight's show is underwritten by Morningside Mortgage Corporation. Morningside Mortgage Corporation keeps the Only in Miami show commercial free. You can find them online at www.morningsidemortgage.com That's www.morningsidemortgage.com is the Only in Miami show and I'm your host Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud and a whole lot more. Check it out at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. Well, tonight we've got a really fantastic episode. So if you're in the car, kick off your shoes, relax and settle in. We've got the mayor of Pinecrest, Cindy Lerner, in studio for the entire 7 o'clock hour with us. Then, at the top of the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to speak with Josie Romero about the Miami-Dade County uh, Public Schools Talent Show. Uh, They have a deadline coming up to apply, which is really soon. She's going to tell us about it at the 8 o'clock hour. And the show is being held on March 18th. Then at 8:15 tonight we have B Garcia from DHL who's calling in to tell us about the Formula E races that will be taking place uh, in downtown Miami on March 14th. It's the first ever Formula 1 or Formula E race in Miami and she's going to call in and tell us a little bit about how that came to Miami and came to existence. Then at 8:30 in the studio we will have Sol Ruiz uh, Soul Ruiz is playing at Carnival on the Mile. Carnival on the Mile is going to be taking place this Saturday and Sunday on Miracle Mile in downtown Coral Gables. Uh, it starts at about 11 a.m. and it goes way until 11 p.m. So we're going to find out a little bit more about her show and about the Carnival on the Mile. We're going to take a listen to some of Soul's music throughout tonight's episode, and it should be a lot of fun. So stay with us tonight. We've got a great studio guest. And right now, this is the part of the show where I get a couple of minutes as your host to opine on something that's important to South Floridians, all South Floridians, or beyond. And tonight, I would like to bring special attention to a meeting that is taking place tomorrow morning at Miami-Dade County's uh, 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 County Government Center in downtown. It's the Stephen P. Clark Government Center downtown tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. If you're concerned, I certainly encourage you to go out there and have your two minutes to make public comment. As we've discussed on this show many times before, Miami-Dade County is home to the Pine Rocklands uh, tracts in Richmond Heights, and there's some very small ones uh, that are outside of the Everglades National Park. And the Everglades National Park has the largest remaining stand of Pine Rocklands Forest. It's endangered. It's local. It's the native habitat. Most of Miami today exists on what used to be a pine rocklands forest, and unfortunately, we've outcompeted these critters, and they are endangered. And in Richmond Heights, in particular, in the Richmond pine rockland tract, there are numerous species: the bonneted bat, the Bertram's hair scrub uh, b- butterfly, the Atala butterfly. Uh, the Miami tiger beetle, and many, many more adjacent to Metro Zoo that are being threatened by development. Tomorrow, the county was supposed to hold a vote on an ill-advised measure to create a community redevelopment agency and declare this priceless natural habitat a slum and blighted area for lacking parking and economic development. Imagine that. Not enough parking in the forest. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds a little bit odd. Even worse, the purpose of that declaration was solely to give $130 million to 20th Century Fox. That's the same company that owns Fox News, for those keeping track out there. Uh, 8% of which, almost, is owned by a Saudi prince. So apparently, the Saudi prince needed an $8 million subsidy. But that's to go along with the $14 million subsidy. They already voted for this project known as Miami Wilds, this ill-advised project. So if you think the city of Miami should not be subsidizing 20th Century Fox, Saudi Princes, and potentially a Walmart in one of the most endangered areas in all of Florida environmentally, then please come out, please come out tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., Stephen P. Clark Government Center, and sign up and get your two minutes and speak. We'll be right back with Mayor of Pinecrest, Cindy Lerner. This is the Only in Miami show. And we're here with Sebastian Rusk, who wrote the book Social Media Sucks. Sebastian, thanks for joining the program tonight.
1: Grant Stern, it's always a pleasure. Happy Monday to you, brother. And thank you for looking out for the butterflies, especially the endangered ones.
0: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So tell our audience a little bit about what's going on at Books and Books next Monday night at 8 p.m.
1: Well, I wrote a small story called Social Media Sucks. If you don't know what you're doing it into a book, and I'm doing my official Miami Bookstop right here in my own backyard with my friends at Books and Books in Coral Gables next Monday at 8 p.m. It's all brought to you by our friends at Yelp Miami. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I know that you're on the air, so you're, you'll, you may be tweeting about it, but you might not be there, but I'd encourage all your listeners to show up. I'll give a short talk about social media. I'm going to kiss some babies. Sign some books, shake some hands. and It's going to be a good night in Coral Gables.
0: So where can our audience find your book online? Where can they find you on Twitter?
1: You can find my book on my website at SebastianRusk.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at SebRusk. In fact, if you follow me on Instagram at SebRusk, you can click on the link in my profile. It'll bring you right to the page to RSVP for the book signing and talk next week. And I look forward to seeing each and every one of you there.
0: All righty, Sebastian. Well, thanks for calling in tonight. We'll see you next Monday night at 8 o'clock at Books and Books.
1: Thanks, Grant. Keep rocking, brother.
0: All righty. This is the Only in Miami show. back. This is the Only in Miami show and I'm your host Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamishow.com iTunes, Podcasts, SoundCloud SoundCloud and a whole lot more. Check it out at www.onlyinmiamishow.com We're live in studio with Cindy Lerner. She is the mayor of Pinecrest. Cindy, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
2: My pleasure. Happy to be here.
0: So, Cindy... Uh, Tell our audience a little bit about yourself and tell them a little bit about Pinecrest, because most people know about it, but not everybody has spent a lot of time there.
2: I'm happy to. The um, village of Pinecrest uh, will be celebrating our 20th year as a municipality um, in 2016. So we, um, although we are a long-lived community, we're new as a municipality. Um, gives us a lot of opportunity to bring in new, vibrant uh, programs and uh, processes. The uh, Count village council um, is a five-person council. I am the third mayor of the village of Pinecrest. We enjoy excellent public schools. That's one of the main reasons. That people move into Pinecrest.
0: I think they they kind of named Pinecrest after After one of those schools. They sure
2: did, Pinecrest Elementary School, which has been around since, I think it's about 60-some, 65 years in existence now.
0: Yeah, it has been Um, quite a while. And
2: I myself am homegrown. I went to all Palmetto schools and a proud class of 1970 alumni. Uh, and we just created a alumni association a couple years ago.
0: Oh, for so, Miami Palmetto? For Miami
2: Palmetto, www.palmettohighalumni.org.
0: Oh, I love it. <laughs> I actually just got involved with my alumni association, yeah. which we just founded a couple of years ago. Uh, and it's the New World School of the Arts Alumni uh, Foundation. wonderful. And I think they're uh, nwsa.net, or mwsaalumni.net. that's what we're on right now (laughs) yeah those are those are really rewarding gigs um to be on the the board of the alumni association and to help found it sure because you get to see all those people you haven't seen in so many
2: years so there are 55 years worth of alumni out there Mm. (laughs) we just had the new surgeon general um Vivek Murthy is a Palmetto High alumni.
0: That's right. That's right.
2: As is ever, the most famous is Jeff Bezos. Haven't been able to actually make contact with him yet. Um, one of our most famous local is Ron McGill.
0: Okay. Ron McGill yeah. is an alumni. Yeah. He oh, sure Very is. nice. Very nice. Um, let's see. There's There's some others, though. There are some others. In fact... Uh, one of my favorite alumni from Palmetto, and I've spoken with him about all these Walmart issues that I've been facing, his name is uh, Charles Fishman, and he wrote a book called The Walmart Effect.
3: Oh, I
2: wasn't aware. I'll have to read it.
0: Yeah, The Walmart Effect is actually what inspired me into at local activism um, when I found out that there was Walmart coming to Midtown Miami. Have you heard anything about that? Because I know that th- you, you were telling me earlier, you're involved in Wynwood as well, so...
2: Yes, I have been following that battle and um, it, I, I especially am attracted to these David and Goliath type <laughs> issues and battles where the activists are always on the right side and uh, trying to fight the the powers that be that um, won't won't really acknowledge the adverse impact of what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Uh, so do you have any particular opinion about the Walmart plan in Midtown? Have you seen any of it or heard any of the back and forth?
2: I've heard some of it. Um, I believe I know where it's um,
0: Oh, they want planned. to put it on to North Miami in 29th.
2: Yes. And that entire area, Midtown and Wynwood, is all about uh, entrepreneurial uh, vision and engagement. And um, the the worst possible uh, retail that could go in there is is a Walmart. In fact, there's been some discussion. I it would apply to Winwood and not necessarily not, not necessarily Midtown, although it should. Would be to do with some of the other um, other communities. San Francisco, Telluride, other areas that have outlawed chain stores from coming into their communities, that would be a way of keeping Walmart away from these areas.
0: Well, I'll tell you a funny story about Midtown Walmart, which is that it's actually the only place in all of Miami where Walmart could build in the way that they want. Because in the rest of the city of Miami, there's a requirement that any building greater than 55,000 square feet must go to a public hearing and is not allowed to be built as of right. Midtown just has some special zoning left over and they're trying to build, quote, as of right and they're just trying to convince us that a variance is as of right. (laughs) It's pretty wild. Um, You know, it's wild that you mention that because Miami really does have one of the strictest laws to prevent these oversized big boxes, but this is the one spot they could do it pretty Mm. easily. (laughs) Oh Well, okay, let's... Let's change tracks for a second, stay with Walmart, but give me a sec, I want to play something for you, and then then we'll get your feedback on it. Without the development, these preservation areas would continue to degrade and eventually provide no function or value for the environment or the public.
1: Developers trying to conserve, isn't that sort of like fighting global warming by urging everybody to burn more coal? Yeah. The area's been ignored. Who was the previous owner and what did they do as the steward of this critically endangered habitat? The University of Miami.
0: Shame
4: on you.
1: Shame on you. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Uh,
0: That's what we were talking about earlier. And we just released this video on YouTube. Uh, If you out there in the audience would like to take a a listen or watch the video because it's actually a video spot. uh, You can check out our YouTube channel. It's only in Miami. And I'm going to tweet that out right now at Grant Stern so everybody can find it. And, uh, well, (laughs) let's get back to the topic. Cindy, you've been getting involved in the Miami Pine Rocklands Coalition. And I understand that your city passed a resolution opposing the development. So, tell me a little bit about your opinions of what is being planned for Miami's most sensitive endangered forest.
2: So, the um, the mechanism that I like to use when I know that um, there are issues of significance that um, my community shares um, the feelings about is to pass a resolution and to share resolutions with other cities um, that do the same thing. So, the city of South Miami, City of Color Bay, I think was the first to pass a resolution, and kudos to them. And then um, Pinecrest and South Miami, and we're sharing it with others. And our. I believe
0: the, the village of Biscayne Park passed a resolution. Right, right Biscayne um, Park. Have and we gotten any other Others, others yet? are
2: working on it. Okay. So the idea is to register our opposition formally as a body, as a municipal body with the County Commission. And that's what we've, we've done with our resolution. Our resolution was opposing the declaration of the area as slum and blighted, as well as the, the development of the area. The declaration is just one aspect of what it is that the County Commission is trying to do, but it's a, um, what I have written to the commissioners, I believe, is corrupting a financing mechanism that was never created or intended to be used that way. And in fact, when you abuse financing mechanisms like that, you risk having the legislature and other um, entities that have the power and wherewithal to do so, to take them away completely or restrict
0: them in a way that they're not usable anymore
2: right right that's that's even worse so this one was particularly insulting uh, to the intelligence of anybody who understands what slum and blight is versus what a uh, protected natural forest area is Uh, so we wanted to object to both the financing mechanism that they were that they are still attempting to use um, and the very notion that they would uh, try to move forward and develop these parcels.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty sad when they're talking about a forest, basically the equivalent of a broken inner city area that cannot be restored um, with intractable social problems. They're, they're really they're, they're stretching the boundaries of the words on the paper.
2: Right. Well, the bigger the bigger issue and the bigger problem that all of Miami-Dade County has is that we have leaders who have a very narrow vision of what economic development is. And they're still stuck in the 1950s notion that all we can do is tourism and uh, development. And they've taken those two notions and uh, focused on an area that is one of the worst identified areas to develop in any way whatsoever it needs to be preserved the county still has hundreds of acres of the zoo property that if they want more tourist related um and and many well, they have these parking there, lots they, that are already could, parking lots there. right but they could do a lot more uh, for uh, attracting tourists to that site than what they've done um, what happened between the federal government conveying to University of Miami for research and education purposes for 30 years and then the university turning around and selling the property to developers is, it's more than shameful. It's really disgusting.
0: Well, on that note, we're going to take a really short break. Okay. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show, iTunes, Podcast, SoundCloud, and a whole lot more at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. And you were just listening to Paolo. Uh, Paolo is headlining the Carnival on the Mile Festival, a miracle mile this, uh they're not headlining both nights, but the Carnival on the Mile is this weekend, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., both days, Saturday and Sunday, in downtown Coral Gables. It's a free event. It's a free festival. Carnival on the Mile. I encourage you to check it out. It is Miami's Jazz Fest. Over 500,000 attendees went to Carnival on the Mile last year, and you should be one of them this year. It's really fantastic. And keep listening to Paulo. They were just nominated for a grammy not just a, a latin grammy and a grammy grammy and they're a fantastic group i think there's going to be nothing more but then uh great music coming from them in the near future and we're back with cindy lerner cindy is the mayor of pinecrest cindy thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight sure so um we were talking about it uh, during the break and you mentioned that tomorrow there is a meeting and uh, tomorrow uh, yeah, it is tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., uh, March 3rd. There is a meeting at the Stephen P. Clark Government Center about the county commission's attempt to make a CRA, uh, basically a, a corporate welfare mechanism, uh, down in South Dade by Metro Zoo, and that people should still go out because it was deferred. Tell our audience a little bit about the technicalities. What happened here? What's going on with our county government?
2: So it appears there's still a lot of behind the scenes negotiating and wheeling and dealing going on by the county with various entities, one of which is the RAM developer who purchased the property from the University of Miami and is trying to go forward with the the Walmart. RAM was notified last fall by the Department of the Interior that there are in fact endangered species although they they evidently pretended that it didn't exist um, and that they uh, would be considered violating federal law and taking um if they're killing and killing but it's called a taking,
0: it's a take yeah
2: yeah so they've been warned by the federal government they are trying to negotiate a conservation plan with the with the department of interior fish and wildlife Uh, I encourage everybody to write to the Department of Fish and Wildlife um, and to our congressman. This particular property is in uh, Congressman uh, Kerbello's district. It's important to write to him and to continue to write and call the county commission and let them know uh, your opposition to development of the Ram property by Walmart. And Which is
0: called Coral Reef Commons. Coral
2: Weef Commons. And then the other property um, that the county is trying to get their hands on is Coast Guard property. There is a Coast Guard facility out there. I've actually written to the Coast Guard and communicated with them. Uh, and uh, evidently the county is trying to get the Coast Guard to swap their property. For other county properties so that the county would have even more access to more of the protected forest area so any that, word
0: on what property they're offering to no, the coast
2: guard no i don't th- I'm, i've just been told those those discussions are being held at the highest levels uh, i do have a liaison uh the government affairs uh contact at the uh coast guard that i'm communicating with and sharing my information and begging them to stay put, that the community loves having the Coast Guard there. We don't want to see them move. Don't let the county try to talk you into swapping. Uh, And uh, I even sent them the rally information and assured them that that if they were to be co-opted by the county and give the property over to the county, which we know what the county would do with it, Then develop it and we'd be just as unhappy with the Coast Guard as we are with the University of Miami.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if they noticed that rally going on this past Friday night.
2: I sent them the notice of it. (laughs) so Hopefully they aren't taking note. So um, although the one issue that is before the county commission is being deferred tomorrow morning, there is still the opportunity for those who are planning on going to go and to speak at the public hearing portion. You'll have two minutes, and for those who can go, it's important to let the commission know the extent of opposition uh, for this hearing and then to stay tuned because there will be other episodes to follow.
0: Well, it sounds similar to the pattern we saw the commission take with the Skyrise project. Um, Skyrise was... Sold to voters as a privately financed building. And the county then took up the issue of financing immediately after the elections. Only to defer it. Only to wait until the holidays. And then bring it magically back onto the uh, agenda without telling anybody. And pass a $9 million subsidy. I mean, it's just that simple. $9 million. And from what I read, they spent about $28,000 in lobbying money
2: well let me let me mention something of that about that because you know back in two thousand and four, the county um, had a general obligation bond referendum and it's called
0: Building Better Communities.
2: Yes, thank you. <laughs> it was um, a lot of infrastructure improvements. part of that bond set aside seventy five million dollars for the uh, development of new economic initiatives that were described as uh, bringing out um, from out of state, out of town, quote unquote, game changer types of initiatives. So it wasn't sure. supposed to be same old, same old tourism or development initiatives that that $75 million went to. Since 2004, that money has not been spent. And, and there's,
0: no, there's nothing in the bond that says the county must spend this money.
2: Well, they should be waiting for the right opportunities to make themselves available. It appears as though last year there was a decision made out of the mayor's office to start spending down that money. And there were a whole list of local projects that were already in place, that none of which met the definition of game-changer. Um, that uh, were, I called, friends and family kinds of projects that were being uh, allocated at the county economic development meeting. Um, and the Skyrise was one of them. Um, and this, this Miami Wilds is another one. So they have all come in under this, again, it's a misuse of economic development and financing that should be saved to bring in special new projects
0: well we were actually getting ready to switch gears and talk about fpl and i hear that we have a phone caller a special phone caller who might be able to help us with that caller
5: yep philip stoddard mayor of south miami here on the line
0: oh phil thank you so much for calling in tonight
5: you're welcome
0: So we were just about to start discussing FPL because there's three big issues impacting South Florida that involve FPL. Uh, One is – I'm just going to read them off and we'll we'll go from there. One is putting uh, large overhead uh, power lines all the way down US-1 um, through your community uh, of South Miami and also through Cindy's community of Pinecrest. Then the second issue – which I would normally save for last, but it's a little thorny, and I want you to dig in on it, is uh, an environmental issue regarding the cooling canals uh, at FPL's Turkey Point uh, Power Generation Facility, which is out in South Dade. And then the last issue is that they've canceled all of the solar power initiatives. So let's start with the the power lines. Phil, why are they trying to do this? Why are they trying to ram a, a deal down people's throats where... We have to keep, uh, you know, these power lines above ground and and right there on Main Street, no less.
5: Well, you just asked about three questions in one. So, (laughs) uh, I mean, why above ground? Why on Main Street? And why are they trying to ram this down our throats? Um, Let's take them in reverse order. The reason they're trying to to ram them down our throats is because um, about a decade back, the legislature gave them the right to... Um, ask for money up front, provided they're building a nuclear power plant. Okay. And so they, they can, so long as they insist that they're trying to build new nuclear power plants, they can get free infrastructure money up front. And wow. so they want, they want to get it while the getting's could. The legislature is beginning to turn against this little bit by little bit. Um, the writing's on the wall. This early cost recovery money um, maybe it's going to go away. They better get it while they can. Because if they get this money up front, they can build the transmission lines you know, maybe a, a couple billion dollar project altogether. And wow. They get the money up front instead of having to finance it on the capital markets, which means, I mean, that's a great deal. Wouldn't you like uh, a couple billion dollars of free money?
0: You um, know, I've been asking for that for years, and nobody's obliging.
5: Well, <laughs> well if, if you had the legislature in your pockets, you could, you could take this from the taxpayers um, up front. You know, and it could, you know, it could take the taxpayers 30 years before they see a benefit from this money. Um, so Boy, that
0: sounds like a really, really great deal.
5: It, well, it's actually even better than that. Because once they once they, um, they own this stuff and, and they turn it on, um, then we get to pay them 12% a year um, on the value of the money we gave them.
0: Oh, well, that makes it a much better deal. I always like borrowing at 12% because if I borrowed at 2%, I would be missing that extra number on my statement and yeah, no, paying well, no, so no, much less that i would have to make more decisions about where to spend that extra money why are we doing this
5: well it, i'm not sure you quite understood the the absurdity of it it, 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 it is
0: pretty it, absurd we, we pay we for do, it all up do. front and then we pay interest on it in on yeah. the arrears
5: yes it's, it's an amazing deal
0: that's uh, only, that's a stunning only, deal
5: only in the you know, only in the southeastern united states do you get this special deal so that's why <laughs> that's why
0: well that's at least it's we, not only in miami deal how about that there you go <laughs>
5: <laughs> so that's why, we, that's why we feel there's sort of a special rush for these things. Okay.
0: Uh, and it's, why, not, it's not because it lacks a bungee jumping facility like our preferred boondoggles here, right? Yeah,
5: yeah. Okay, so why, why US-1? Yeah, um, why US-1? That's US-1, the biggest
0: head-scratcher.
5: Well, they want to have multiple transmission corridors because, because that gives them, um, you know, additional reliability. And remember when that, when the engineer shut down two-thirds of the Florida grid by mistake when he when he blew out a substation a few years back
0: um I was watching the Simpsons when that happened
5: yeah well your (laughs) your power went out and uh so did everybody else's and so the uh, so FERC Florida Energy Reliability Commission or uh, told them that they had to make the grid more robust and one of the ways you make the grid more robust is by making it redundant i.e. putting multiple transmission lines in different places so that's a uh, that's probably the real reason why they want the U.S. One Corridor.
0: Okay, I mean it makes sense from an engineering standpoint because yeah. the U.S. One Corridor is obviously uninterrupted and goes from Key West to Maine. Sure, it's simple. But but um, why not uh, why not bury the lines if they need it? Because obviously there's, I mean that is our infrastructure corridor. That well, is our information superhighway and people well, superhighway and everything else superhighway.
5: I think I think it's purely hubris. They don't like being told what to do. I mean, if they're going to get the money from us up front, you know, what do they care if they get a little bit extra to underground it? Or even a lot extra underground it. it's still it's not their money, it's ours. Um, sure. And if, they, and if they had gone, you know, to the Public Services Commission and said it's really important to underground these things, because it's going through an urban area that we don't want to turn into an industrial uh, corridor, uh, you know, give us a little extra money uh, so that we can put these things underground and not wind up in a big fight that costs a lot of money and takes us years and years. We need to do this now if they'd done that in the first place we probably wouldn't be talking about this tonight
0: and but that, they don't like, that's a shame but
5: they, but they don't like being told what to do especially not by a bunch of municipalities and so they'll they'll fight us on this and i think it's pure it's pure corporate executive hubris mm. and you know they'll and they'll, what they'll tell you is a little different story they say you know we're obliged by the law to do things in the cheapest way so that the ratepayers of florida don't have to pick up the extra costs for all this stuff but Fact is, in the past, they've undergrounded urban transmission lines. So I don't, I don't see that, uh, that that holds water.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Um, you know what? We're gonna talk about let, let, the. Let's, switch, let's the, switch to the cooling canals. Let, let's switch of to the cooling nature. canals. We've got a couple minutes till the next break. So FDL, and they're a deep issue. Let's keep yeah. it. Let's keep it conversational because there's like yeah. there's some serious science involved in these cooling canals. I've been reading about it. It's it's very yeah. intriguing, but. Give it to me in a nutshell. What's the bigger picture with the cooling canals?
5: In, in the
0: biggest picture
5: is that we've got a lot of water that's supposed to be restoring the Everglades, and Florida Power and Light essentially wants to use all of it for uh, their energy generation. So, you know, they make energy by turning water into steam and running turbines. And okay. You can, do it, you can do it with natural gas. You can do it with nuclear power. You can do it with the sun. There's a lot of ways to make water hot and make it boil. But the fact is you're making heat you've got to cool the systems down, so you're evaporating off a lot of water and you're using a lot of cooling water. And that's just thermal genera- you a know, thermal generation period. So they've decided to do this down in the southeast Everglades, which is a really sensitive environmental area, and they need a lot more water than they thought they did. And they want to take all the water that we can generate for restoration of the Everglades and use it for either making steam or keeping the water cool. And they should be putting as much uh, photovoltaic panels on people's houses and businesses as they possibly can.
0: So so basically, FPL is like our, the largest tea company in Florida? Yep. Yeah? Yep. They just need to make a lot of cups of tea?
5: They need to make a lot of cups of tea. <laughs> a
4: whole and lot they, of they, cups and, of tea.
5: And they need to make more than they initially thought they did. And there's you know, there's some scientific reasons for that, but we, you know, we're not going to go into the science tonight. But the gist of it is they need a heck of a lot of water to keep doing business the same way they've been doing it. And, you know, we, we need the water in the Everglades to protect our drinking water supply. So, you know, who's going to, you know, who's going to win here? Is it, is it the people of Florida and the Everglades and Biscayne Bay, which needs the water? Or is FDL going to be allowed to, um, to use it all for uh, electric generation?
0: Well, isn't there some sort of compromise or in-between? Where should they be going with this instead of the current direction, which is to basically use up a lot of our natural resources at our expense, for power that we may not even need.
5: They should be going all out for photovoltaic generation.
0: Well, what about conservation? I mean, isn't doesn't oh. conservation have a better— oh. doesn't oh. that have a better cost return than oh. building more plants?
5: Actually, you're, you're 100% correct. Conservation is enormous. You know, I'll, and I'll just give you an anecdotal example. A few years ago, I started trying to see how much energy I could save on my own house. Okay. By the time I was done, I'd cut my electric bill in half. Great. I, you know, I shaved it 50%, and when I did that, that's when I put the photovoltaic panels on the roof and made the bill go away. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, the best thing you can be doing is, you know, is insulating your house. When you replace the roof, you put a, a reflective roof on, you swap out the light bulbs for low-use light bulbs, um, you know, put in better insulated glass windows and stuff. Anytime you got to replace something, you just you just move up a notch in terms of conservation, and you cut your bill in half. And that cuts the demand in half. And that cuts FPL's profits in half.
0: (laughs) Uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. But they're utility. They're going to make the money anyway. We're paying them to build the plants, right?
5: Well, if we cut our needs in half, I guess they wouldn't be building plants, would they?
0: I guess not. So I'll tell you what. We're going to take a break. Phil, you want to stick around after the break? Sure. Okay, great. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. I
4: gave
6: you my heart Gave you my soul With that expectation and in return what did you do? You do it away. Now it's gone for cool. I through the rain, through the snow. Oh.
0: Welcome back. After this is the Only in Miami show, and we're here with Jenny Lee Molina of 305 Cafecito. Jenny, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
7: Thank you so much for the invite, Grant. I well, just actually had cafecito.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So tell our audience a little bit about this week's event. It's Thursday, right?
7: So, yes. Um, we're really excited to bring this event for a second time. Last year was a great success, and we had a 305 cafecito coffee break on March 5th, appropriately, for a 305 day. Okay, and, 305 um, day. So this coffee break uh, this year involves a little bit more than just coffee. We're also going to have coffee-infused drinks. And uh, this is going to be at the uh, bottom Chain in Little Havana. So we're really excited. It's going to be from 3 to 5, I'm sorry, from 3 to 7. And there's going to be free cafecitos, free pastelitos. We're going to have DJ Africa, um, which is also the official DJ of Pitbull. So it gets, it's, it's pretty Miami. It's going to be a celebration of all things 305 and all things Miami for sure.
0: That is awesome. Is there a website that our audience can find out a little bit more about this Thursday's event details?
7: We have all the event details on our Facebook page. So it's facebook.com forward slash 305cafecito. And under events, you'll find all the information, how to RSVP, the address, all of that good stuff. And it's this Thursday at Ball and Chain from 3 to 7.
0: Okay. And give us that Facebook uh, address one more time.
7: It's facebook.com forward slash 305cafecito, C-A-S-E-C-I-T-O.
0: That is fantastic. Jenny Lee, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
7: Thank you. Thank you. I hope to see you there, Grant, and and everyone over there. You're all more than welcome to join us.
0: All righty. You'll definitely see me over there. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show.
6: I gave you my heart, gave you my soul, With that expectation and in return, what did you do?
0: Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. You are listening to Thanks for the Pain by Soul Ruiz. Soul is going to be playing at the Carnival on the Mile this Saturday and Sunday. She's not playing both days, but the Carnival is this Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. in downtown Coral Gables. And you can find Soul there and a whole lot of other local and national acts. Soul actually lives in Italy, but she's coming into the studio at 8.30 p.m. And that song is her track, Thanks for the Pain. And we'll be featuring her music for the rest of the show as well. But right now, we are live in studio with Cindy Lerner, the mayor of Pinecrest, and Phil Stoddard, the mayor of South Miami. Mayors, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, you're welcome. So this question is for both of you guys. Um, why is FPL so aggressive today and I want to start with Cindy why why are they so aggressive today about all these policies that are provocative that are you know uh, they're causing all this opposition? W- what changed because I don't remember growing up and hearing about FPL doing away with conservation?
2: Um, well it's uh, it's their business model. It's always been their business model. The um, focus is on, Uh, figuring out the best ways to make a profit. They have um, the legislature at their beck and call, unfortunately, so they can take advantage. And uh, much as we try to push back, um, we've had a very difficult time better educating and informing the legislators about what is happening in Florida and how much it's costing their residents um, and their constituents. I think slowly but surely, um, some of them are actually recognizing what uh, the dictates of the investor-owned utilities have done both to the appointments at the Public Service Commission level and um, on through to the legislation that is written by the utilities and then just rubber-stamped by the legislators.
0: Wow, that's that's quite a lot of reasons, Phil. Do you have anything to add to that? Is there anything well, I, that's changed that all of a sudden is making them more aggressive today than well, they used to be?
5: I don't think they are more aggressive than they used to be. Um, I think I think what's happened is the people are beginning to push back. Okay. And so you're hearing you're hearing more about it, but but the utilities in Florida have been uh, aggressive for a long time. I mean, if FPL uh, when they came into existence. Their business model was to take over the the local utilities and they they did so quite aggressively um, now they were able to do so because they also offered a better price than a lot of the local utilities did but they were um, you know they and and others were were very aggressive in the state of Florida and maybe FTL wasn't in fact the worst at the time um, the the power company that is has since been bought by Duke energy probably was um, more aggressive and more vindictive um, in the past, but I think I think it's just uh,
3: um,
5: you know the direction corporate America, corporate America has gone has really been a take no take no prisoners policy. Right,
2: and, and I just want to add what we've seen over the past six years that Pinecrest, South Miami, uh, at one time Coral Gables, and City of Miami still is very much engaged in this in this um it's one of those david and goliath battles is that fpl is very very adept and very skillful at buying up uh support by their their corporate donations whoever i've seen um, churches come in and speak in favor um, and other nonprofits that will come into our public hearings and speak in favor and um even their commercials are they try to be touchy-feeling now, which is really um, quite disturbing. When they say that, that the latest commercial is, um, we should all be drawing our energy from the sun, and FPL is doing it for you. So, oh, <laughs> so how we shouldn't nice be doing it ourselves. The notion of distributed energy, they will fight to the death over, but um, we should just sit back and let them do the minimal amount of solar generation that they feel they need to do to make them look like they're they're doing a good job. But that's all well, it is. Which is
5: about 1%, 1% of their portfolio.
0: Well, they actually, um, I, I've been reading about this in the Tampa Bay Times. I feel like the Tampa Bay Times is a lot more aggressive when it comes to reporting on state matters. Um, and the Miami it Herald is. just lost its lead uh, state political affairs journalist, Mark Caputo. Uh, who jumped over to Politico to create a Florida uh, division for them and kudos to Mark by the way <laughs> um, congratulations it's a big uh, it's a big leap into the new media world but uh, I was reading that uh, so all of the utilities in Florida dropped the amount of you know sustainable energy they have to create and and the commission pretty much rubber stamped it the the PSC right. and and they reduced the they
2: reduced their uh, energy efficiency goals right. from 2% to half a percent or something like that. It is just But that's
0: like that's like enough uh, energy to power like every home in Florida for a few days each year. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. It's it's a pretty significant amount of conservation that they're foregoing now.
5: Yeah, but you may remember a few years back when FPL essentially made it a, a policy to take over the PSC.
0: Oh, sure. Now, there well, was, that's a wise policy. I mean, they're your regulator.
5: Yeah. So you may remember that they for They're instance, your they boss.
0: Managed,
5: <laughs> they managed to convince the legislature to change the law, change the rules so that they could get rid of Nancy Argentiano because she'd been critical of them. And they got every single watchdog off the PSC.
0: Hmm. I think we're seeing the consequences of that. So, I mentioned it earlier. We're actually going to have DHL on to talk about the Formula E races. And I know that from, from a friend that uh, Mayor Lerner here is involved with electric cars and some of the charging stations, right? They have a little bit of that we in Pinecrest? Actually,
2: we do. We have the first um, free public access um, fast charge station in Pinecrest Gardens, one of our residents who's um, strong advocate um, ethan shapiro brought it to our attention and I helped us get that first one now that i've learned more about it we're changing our um, building codes to mandate for commercial developments in the future that they will have to install electric charging in the new developments and i'm trying to encourage all of our existing commercial developments on us1 to uh, install as well. And um, anything that we can do to expand the uh, the access to the uh, ability to, to charge up will encourage more people to
5: buy.
0: What about in your city, Phil? I know that you, your city has numerous environmental initiatives. Is there one that you'd like to mention here?
5: Well, I'll just, just say on the subject of electric cars, I'm really excited about this um, Formula E.
0: Okay, and the, re- and the reason
5: the reason is that is that you know Formula One racing has been probably the biggest innovator of automotive technologies. I mean, the fact that, that I mean disc brakes were invented by Formula One engineers. You can even get them on your bicycle now. So I'm really excited by this because I think that when the when the race car engineers start picking up a technology, they make it cool. Um, these cars have just extraordinary torque. They can out accelerate a gasoline powered car.
0: Oh yeah, well, well gasoline powered cars. Um, have extensive mechanical workings, whereas oh, yeah. electric vehicles actually are much more simple.
5: Yeah, well, the biggest problem is, bra- is not breaking an axle because of the incredible torque. So when these things start winning races, they're going to become even cooler than they are now, and uh, the public's going to be more interested in adopting them. The Tesla did did enormous uh, good for the uh, cause of electric cars.
0: So uh, now, how long until you, we see NASCAR-E or e-NASCAR?
5: I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's getting possible. Um, so electric cars are only more efficient in terms of energy when you get your energy from the sun. Okay. So if you're just using mostly natural gas to generate your energy, uh, which is what happens in most of the power plants, uh, their carbon footprint is really the same as an, as an efficient gasoline car. So, for instance, a Nissan Leaf and a Toyota um, Prius that's burning gasoline – they have the same carbon footprint. Oh, gotcha. But as, but, but as soon as you start generating electricity off your roof, everything changes. Um, you know, so the roof on my house, for instance, not only makes enough power for the house, but also enough for an electric car. So the day I start plugging an electric car into my, you know, into my carport, I essentially free gasoline.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. You're going to have to come to the show to discuss it with us in the studio sometime soon because we are out of time for this hour. But I want to thank you, Cindy, for coming all the way out to the studio. And, Phil, thank you so much for calling into the program tonight.
2: Our pleasure.
0: Absolutely. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show and I'm your host Grant Stern. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at onlyinmiamishow.com. iTunes, podcast, SoundCloud, and a whole lot more. Check it out at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. And we're live with Josie Romero. Josie is running the Miami-Dade County Schools talent show josie thank you so much for joining us tonight
8: oh thank you for having me a pleasure
0: the pleasure is mine so (laughs) tell our audience a little bit about the the application deadline that's coming up to be in this year's talent show
8: sure sure absolutely okay well um i'm the manager for that and it's called the miami-dade coalition for community education and it's our third parade of the stars talent show um, anybody from we're inviting all miami-dade community schools and before and after school programs anyone can join to get an application all they need to do is call 305-261-8383 or uh, they can email me at josie romero at dadeschools.net
0: that's josie romero um, at dadeschools.net
8: correct Oops. and the talent show is going to be held at west miami middle um, they can look up the address online, or I can give it to you right now. It's 7525 Southwest 24th Street. 7525
0: Southwest 24th Street. That's West Miami, right?
8: Correct, yes. It's a West Miami Middle uh, Community School. It's going to be on Wednesday, March 18th, um, 2015, at 6 p.m. And like I said before, anybody can join, and they can call. call I'll give you the number again, 305-261-8383. And we're going to have a grand prize for the most outstanding performance of the night, uh, as well as a certificate of recognition. So uh, we hope we get a good, good group up there. First come, first served basis. So we don't want any students to wait, to waste any time and to hopefully submit their applications on time so they can make it to the to the talent show.
0: That is awesome. So the, the one more time, the deadline to submit is.
8: The deadline to submit is March 9th, which is next Monday. So they don't have too much time. They have a week to prepare. But if they send me immediately, um, if they call me or email me, I'll be glad to send them the the, the application.
0: And And the phone number is? The phone number to call?
8: 305-261-8383. 305-261-8383.
0: And then if you want to attend the the Miami-Dade County Schools... uh, the talent show it is march 18th at what time
8: march 18th at 6 p.m and the only thing um it's five five dollars to to um to get an admission ticket and we have amazing drawing prizes as well we had four heat tickets birdball packages restaurant certificates tickets to Actors playhouse and the drawing only uh cost two dollars per ticket but to get in to see the the amazing performances of our students is five dollars admission so it's very very cheap very reasonable <laughs>
0: That is very reasonable. And how yeah. long do you expect the, the talent show to go on for?
8: Well, it's going to start at 6 p.m., and we're expecting anywhere between two and three hours, depending on the amount of contestants that we have right now. So um, it's going to be like a between two and three-hour show. But the little ones, um, since they're smaller, we always put them before, just in case the parents need to go and put them to bed and so forth. We don't want to exclude anyone, so we try to do the time framing so you know all the kids can participate with different age groups. So it's anywhere between kindergarten through uh, middle school. A lot of, a lot of great, great talent we're expecting this year. A lot of good excitement, too, so we're really excited.
0: All And one last time, the application deadline is next Monday night. And what's Correct. the phone number to call if you have questions?
8: 305-261-8383. Looking forward to hearing from all our wonderful students.
0: Josie, thank you so much for calling into the show tonight.
8: Thank you, Grant. My pleasure.
0: And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show.
9: mi china emborrachándote otra vez tú lo que eres una callejera chancretera mala eso no, 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 no lo entendéis, son las cosas de
0: the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. And you've been listening to Picadillo featuring Soul Ruiz. They will be playing this weekend at Carnival on the Mile. It's two days. They're only playing one of them. It's from 11 a.m. until 11 p.m. at Coral Gables. Uh, right in the heart of downtown Coral Gables for two entire days. It's a street festival, very family-friendly during the day, very anybody-friendly at night, and you should definitely check them out. We're going to have Soul in the studio in just about 20, 25 minutes. But right now, it's time for the Drastic Fanatic.
10: Hey, where can you find me? At Drastic Fanatic.
0: That's a good one. You're on Twitter, too, buddy.
10: Yeah, live and direct. Always, always tweeting the good stuff
0: always at good stuff. Com. <laughs> Cool, cool, yeah. Hey, you know I follow you on there. Yeah, everybody you better should. follow me. Everybody should, not just Jersey Shore. <laughs>
10: <laughs> For real,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is our biggest fan. Though I got to give him shout out to the Jersey Shore. You know he missed you that that night when the Knicks came to town. What happened there? What happened?
10: Uh, I don't recall the night in question.
0: <laughs> good answer, good answer. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's, you know, I'll tell you, man, It's it's been a, a hectic couple of weeks. I think uh, I think we've seen your team throw in the towel, right?
10: Uh, throw it in? I don't know if throwing in is the uh, verb I would use, but.
0: <laughs> How bad could it be in Knicks land?
10: Well, look, at this point you just want to see um... – Who's playing with guts out there, and who might be worth keeping for next year? And let the ping pongs keep uh, multiplying. <laughs> the ping pongs, <laughs> right? Okay. So. Is that what you're
0: saying? Is that your way of saying that Andrea Barniani is the best player on the current roster?
10: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's our waiver wire pickup of the week, folks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're gonna have a call in. Someone's
10: from... got to score. Might as well be a hit that wet noodle, though. So. <laughs>
0: We're, we're going to have a call in and, and talk about the Formula E in a couple of minutes. But anything going on in sports that you want to talk about right now, buddy?
10: It's been kind of quiet, though. We're just kind of like prepping up pitches and catches just showing up uh, along the state of Florida.
0: And, and March Madness getting ready to rear. It's
10: up, Yeah, it's a little lull. Like I said last week, it's a good time to uh, spend QT with your uh, significant others. <laughs> you know put in the time right now because the madness will start and whatnot and you know
0: yeah it, it is a big march madness and you know in miami it's not just a march madness like for sports but it's march madness in general i mean you've heard all these calls tonight my god <laughs> there's so many events going on this week i mean there's the carnival on the mile
10: again it's beautiful out 80 degrees and sunny every day yeah only in miami,
0: baby only in miami that's that's totally right, and that's why everybody's here, I think <laughs> not hey, just yeah. the sports, <laughs> so what do you think of these Marlins that we have here? uh do you think that they're gonna be a real contender? I mean obviously it's well, early to say
10: contender you know they'll probably be uh fighting for that second wild card position, uh probably right there with my Mets, to be honest with you, they'll probably be uh coming down to another. Last weekend of the season and, uh, you know, for, for the last playoff spot, possibly. Um, I don't know if anyone could really mess with the Nationals in the NL East, though.
0: Yeah, they're, yeah. they've they got a very strong lineup. they got some pitching.
10: I'm <laughs> not worried about the Phillies, and I'm definitely not worried about um, Atlanta, who no. made a wholesale changes. So no. it'll be the Nats and then the Mets and Marlins shocking it out the rest of the way. Maybe, you know, I'm thinking the Mets, if anyone could give them. I think the Mets, if everyone stays healthy uh, from a pitching perspective and uh, the middle of the lineup could actually get it together a little, then um, maybe the Mets do give the Nats a little run for their money in the East. But we'll see. Jose Fernandez is back on the mound throwing. Matt Harvey's back on the mound throwing. All good signs. So,
0: Oh, hey, you know, I, I, was, I was reading that earlier this week uh... – uh mike stanton actually got got hit by a pitch in a simulated game and he was okay
10: uh you think that call came from up above
0: what to go uh plunk him yeah
10: just to like uh
0: hit yeah him. Hit him in 319
10: tie. million just check it out a little bit kick yeah. the tire
0: yeah you go. Uh, i don't know what the contract says <laughs> <laughs> he
10: doesn't flinch twice, if you know what I mean. I would, I would have probably tried to see him take a picture too before I offered him that money.
0: <laughs> well, you know, that's part of what got him to sign. They're like, "Hey, look, you know, we know that that we people see us as a pretty cynical bunch of of player managers, but we're willing to take a shot. We think you're going to do this, and of course, you know, they know him better than we do. Come on, right?" I mean, you would think so. Yeah, you would. I mean, you know, they would know if this guy was... I mean, you know, people change. People always have issues and whatever, but, I mean, you would just, you would think, um, hey, you know, wouldn't these guys at the Marlins know if, uh, if we were just going to get a dud, <laughs> so to speak, you know?
10: Look, the, the Marlins needed to make that contract offer to show their fan base that, you know, it's really worth investing your time and money into being a Marlins fan because we're going to do it. So we think you should do it. And I think, it's, you know, they're trying to send a type of message to the uh, fan base down here.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's what's working so far. It's really starting to work this year, I think. Uh, right. It would have definitely...
10: been nice if they, they would have done it when uh, Miguel Cabrera was a, was a free agent, but better late than never.
0: Yeah, they learned. And that's important, I think, showing that they're actually learning and not just uh, trying the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, lip
10: service, they needed to go beyond lip service after the whole uh, stadium fiasco, so.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, they're the beneficiaries, and nobody can change that. Um, It's funny because some of my friends uh, are like, hey, when are they just going to sell the team? And I'm like, well, then they're going to cash in. I mean, wouldn't it be better if they just kept the team forever and didn't cash in? Because at that point, you know, they've got our subsidy and they've moved on, and somebody else is there, probably yeah. with not as good a deal or dead or whatever. Now they have to cut costs.
10: Well, they did the ultimate pump and dump, you know.
0: Well, they haven't dumped it yet, though. I mean, if they stick around well, they for thirty the years, writing
10: teams of the world, those that whole team.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, anybody would want to dump the cast of characters that wound up on the Blue Jays, you know?
10: Well, that's what they did. They pumped you with big salaries and names, and they dumped them all, right? And now they got another shot, and they're going to try to win it, win it back down here in Miami. And uh, just to my point, you know, I was just checking the uh, Vegas odds on over/under wins for the season, and uh, the Mets and the Marlins are both at eighty-one and a half.
0: They're so, both at eighty-one and a half. Yeah. So that's eighty-one it's to one, five
10: hundred. Yeah, five hundred. Yeah. Five oh one. Oh, okay,
0: 26. gotcha. There. But what yeah. are the odds? Of, what are the odds of them winning the World Series? And what are the odds of them winning, uh, like the NLCS, for example?
10: Hold on, let me just pull up my bookie app here, quick. All right, Marlins thirty three to one.
0: Okay. <laughs>
10: the Metsies are twenty eight to one.
0: To to win it all. All. So I I did good then, huh?
10: Yeah. Would you get an in on it?
0: Uh, I got the Marlins at sixty to one.
10: Sixty to one. There you go. Hedge. You're gonna be hedging at the end of the year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, already. Hey, I I think we've got a caller, and we're going to be talking about Formula E with this wonderful caller. B, is that you?
3: Yes, it is. Hi, Grant. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you doing, B? Not bad.
3: Looking forward to Formula E in less than two weeks.
0: So am I. B. Garcia uh, works with DHL, and DHL was instrumental in the creation of Formula E, um, and it's coming to Miami on March 14th. So, so B, tell me a little bit about how DHL got involved with Formula E, because there's a story here.
3: Yes, we got involved with Formula E very early on, um, back in 2013. I think the idea was pretty much a PowerPoint at that time, and we joined forces with Formula E, because we both, uh, both Formula E and DHL have sort of similar goals in mind. I mean, we believe in innovation, and we believe in a sustainable future. And as a transportation company, you know, working with Formula E, we hope that, you know, as advances are made in, you know, sort of electric racing cars, that some of those advances will also transfer to, you know, uh, some of the transportation modes that we use, like trucks um, and then also into cars. So, this is going we're hoping this is going to really push for the development of electric vehicles.
0: That's really cool. And and that's something that we touched on earlier in the last hour that if these cars just become cool, like if these Formula E race cars become cool, uh, it'll create demand and, and it'll filter into what consumers are using too, like mm-hmm. regular cars. Oh, absolutely. To drive I mean, around. we
3: would love to have more electric vehicles in our sort of global fleet. Um, but we know that if we, even if we tried to today, we could not, there would be not enough supply for us to purchase uh, all electric vehicles. We have a lot of alternative vehicles, um, some hybrids, some that run on propane, some that run on natural gas. Um, you know, the hybrid kind, for instance, in Manhattan, all our delivery vans are either electric or hybrid.
0: Oh, wow. That's really cool. So you guys have a big commitment to this kind of technology.
3: Yes, we do. Um, And we've teamed up in Germany, I believe it's with Brno, to develop our own electric vehicle um, for deliveries. And and where we can, we also use bicycles. We have electric bicycles and regular bicycles and different styles of bicycles because in some cities it makes more sense. And our couriers can get around faster uh, on a bike and they're not stuck in traffic and they're not burning fuel. (laughs)
0: That's true. And Miami is certainly one of those.
3: Yeah, but Miami, the distances are kind of are longer. So we really, bikes might not work, and with the heat, that would be kind of rough on our, on our poor couriers. So in Miami, though, we do have um, our smaller delivery vehicles. Those are powered by natural gas.
0: Now, for our audience, you guys mainly deliver to and from overseas destinations, right, DHL.
3: Yes, we will take it from here to Bombay, but we won't take it to Boston.
0: All right. Wow. Well, I mean, listen, considering what the Patriots have done lately, I can totally relate to that.
3: <laughs> it has nothing to do with the Patriots, uh, uh, despite their lack of a winning record until this year.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: I'm sure I'm going to anger some Boston fans.
0: Um, drastic, do you have any questions about Formula E?
10: Yeah, you got to tell me, what is the um, pit stops like?
3: Um, actually, the pit stops are so different than what you might see in an Indy race or a NASCAR race. There is, for instance, no changing of tires because the cars use the same tires for both um, dry conditions or wet conditions. They even try to reuse the tires from race to race. So that's one way of minimizing waste and sort of being a little bit more environmentally friendly. And because the cars right now, they have you know, sizable heavy batteries. However, going at the speeds that these cars go, the battery only lasts for half of a, the one hour race. So, in the middle of the race, the cars, each driver has two cars. The driver pulls in, jumps out of one car, hops into the other, and away he goes.
0: Ah, that's interesting. You know, it yes. reminds me of Christmas. But no
10: electrical charge at the pit stops.
3: No, no. The car, the second car
0: switched. is ready to go. Right. Gotcha. There's, there's no battery change either. Right.
10: No. They don't put a penny in the back either, right? I'm sorry? I'm joking. I said they don't put a penny in the back of the cars and watch it go, right?
3: (laughs) No. No, they can't. The batteries are heavy. They are very heavy. Oh, I bet. I think that's one of the reasons, too, that made it easier to just change cars and change batteries.
0: That's very interesting. I mean, just curious, do you happen to know how long one of these cars takes to charge up?
3: Actually, less than an hour.
0: Oh, that's not bad at all.
3: No, it's, it's very good. And also, the batteries are charged by generators that run on glycerin.
0: Interesting.
3: It's a U.K. company that had developed the uh, process, and then when Formula E came along, they sort of made it mobile. So we Is there any way
10: of incorporating solar power, you think, into those cars?
3: Um, I don't know at this point. I think a solar battery might take a little longer to charge. Now, theoretically, it could be charged off uh, a generator that runs on solar power, perhaps, then that may be a possibility. Or charge from a solar power source, um, if that were available. So it, it could be done, but I think the battery itself probably wouldn't be solar powered.
0: Right. Uh, it, it, you, know, you can tell that Drastic is thinking about uh, what his next family car is going to be. <laughs> and, uh, Formula E is is on his list now.
10: I'm looking to be the yeah, VP of Business Development, I think, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't they blame you. They very nice cars. They, they look really nice. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, looking at, at them it now, on Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty cool. It's coming up on uh, March 14th, so it's, it's just a couple weeks away. Right. Um, and, and what made you guys choose Miami? Well,
3: I think Miami is seen as a sort of innovative city and one where they're sort of trying to adopt new technologies. So I think Miami is seen as a 21st century city and this is sort of a 21st century event. And for Miami, I mean, being selected is such a, you know, boon. It's going to put Miami in in the whole league of world-class cities. You know, there's going to Berlin, Monte Carlo, um, They started out in Beijing was the first race, then went to Malaysia, Uruguay, um, Buenos Aires, and Argentina, and the race series finishes up in London. So from Miami, I mean, this is, you know, really kind of puts it out there among, you know, some very top cities around the world.
0: That's really, really cool. So they're going to keep us on the circuit. Are we going to be a permanent part of the Formula E circuit, or do we know yet?
3: Well, my understanding is that um, Thomas Regalado, mayor of Miami, is very committed to Formula E and they would like to support it for the next 5 years and obviously an event like this doesn't happen without the support of the city of Miami. Um, so they see it as, you know, a real benefit for Miami. You know, again, putting Miami out there among world-class cities. So they want to continue to support it. So they're hoping that everything goes, you know, very well in the next couple of weeks to make sure that the uh, the race keeps coming back to Miami. I mean, so far everything has been moving very, very nicely. Um, the race will be along Biscayne Boulevard, kind of starting in front of the Miami, and then in front of the Miami, um, the American Airlines Arena. And they're going to be setting up what's called an e-village with all sorts of very cool exhibits in Museum Park, right next to the new uh, Perez, Art Museum of Miami. So, you know, again, the city's been very supportive of this.
0: So let's talk about that, because that sounds like something anybody can do. How long is the pre-race village open for Formula E?
3: I think it's only open on the day of the race. Okay, but it's open with the day of the race. your ticket, your admissions ticket, either grandstand or general admission, you get access to the E village. So, for instance, I, thought... I know the DHL has a very a cool exhibit, an augmented reality exhibit where um, we work with iPads, and you point it at various uh, spots along the wall, and you get additional information about the car, about our sustainability strategy, about the Formula E race itself. And we also, we also have a bike challenge where you, we measure how much energy you're putting, you're outputting, and at the end of the day, um, we have 10 winners, and the winner gets an electric bike, which is worth about 2,000
7: bucks.
0: Oh, all righty. So where the can Joe we go to win?
7: Exhibit. Michelin has an exhibit.
3: Speak up, speak up,
0: speak up. Hold on. You said we can win an electric bike. Tell our audience about this one.
3: Well, the bike challenge. So I think it's six people will race against each other. Okay. And the winner of each round is the person who generates the most power, and we measure it. We have a measuring system, and then we keep cab- we keep tabs during the day on the people who win each round. I, when we did this in, or in um, Argentina in the beginning of January, we had nearly 600 people do the bike challenge. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's really cool because you think it's all really, really easy, and by the end, it's about a minute and a half. People look like they're pretty tired. I was watching them for a while, and you have it, a chance. I mean, the drivers also will come out into the village, so you're going to have a chance to you know, maybe get some autographed pictures, of the drivers or get your photo taken with the driver. So there'll be a lot of cool things to do. There should be also an electric car show here in Miami as part of the E-Village, which is the first time that they're doing it.
0: Where's that going to be? There'll be a lot
3: of neat things to do in between. And the drivers practice around 8.30. They go for some practice runs on the the race course. Then qualifying heats are at noon. And the race is at 4 o'clock.
0: Okay, so the race is at 4 o'clock, Saturday, March 14th. Where yes. can our audience go to buy tickets to the event?
3: Ticketmaster.
0: Okay, it's on Ticketmaster.
3: It's on Ticketmaster, yes. And there, I checked on Friday, there were still a good number of seats. Uh, grandstand, where you have a reserved seat, or the general admission.
0: Okay, and as I understand it, there is going to be a pretty good viewing angle from a few of these downtown condos. Are there any in particular that you recommend if you've got friends? Because I think these people are all going to get a very front seat uh, to the event.
3: Yeah, this has happened in both uh, Uruguay and in uh, Argentina. It was sort of an area of the city, kind of like downtown Miami. And, yes, there are some folks that got some really great views. I think the condos on Miami, on Biscayne Boulevard, that are probably just south, of the um, of 395, okay, of the Performing Arts Center. And I don't know the names of all of those. There's maybe four buildings there. All right. That will, um, you'll get a pretty good view from those.
0: Okay. Well, tell our audience one more time where they can find uh, more about Formula E online and more about DHL.
3: Okay. For Formula E, you can go to... It's fiaformulae.com, And that will tell you all about Formula E, and they'll be in there in a special section about the Miami E Creek. Um, you can find out more about DHL at www.dhl.com. And you can buy tickets at Ticketmaster. Already, well And, and we're also on Twitter uh, at DHL Americas, which is our original Twitter account, and um, at WDP. WPDHL News, which is our corporate account.
0: Alrighty, well, B, thank you so much for calling in tonight, and I understand. Hopefully, we're gonna have a driver in the studio next week live, right?
3: Yes, we are working on that to get you one of the two drivers from the Audi EBT team, which is also supported by DHL.
0: Alrighty, well, I'll tell you what. We're gonna take a really short break, and we'll be right back. This is the only in. Miami show
9: borrachándote otra vez, tú lo que eres una callejera, changletera mala, eso no, no, no,
6: Desaparecen como el río
0: back. This is the Only in Miami show. And I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. And we're live in studio with Soul Ruiz. Hey, what's going on? How are you, Soul? <laughs> Doing good, Grant. I'm just here
6: um, kind of in a daze because um, I'm trying to fix the uh, the post on facebook
0: oh yeah you'll have plenty of time for this and we're also here with drastic fanatic on the phone drastic
10: hey so
6: <laughs> hey drastic fanatic i know you
10: you do don't you
6: <laughs> no i don't know who are you <laughs> maybe from last I don't night even... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
10: yeah yeah from that from that drastic night
6: <laughs> drastic fanatic night <laughs> So drastic!
0: <laughs> What's your favorite part about this uh, wonderful Picadillo song we've been playing tonight?
10: I was feeling it, man. I wanted to roll up a cognac cigar here, and uh, you know.
0: True, I and like I get that. Drastic. Well, you know, Soul Soul plays with Picadillo, and they're going to be playing at uh, the Carnival on the Mile this weekend. Yes, we are. <laughs> so, when when are you playing?
6: We're actually playing on uh, the 7th and the 8th. We're playing on both days.
0: Okay, both days. And uh, Oh, you see, I've been saying you were only play one, so I was wrong. What, okay, what time are you playing on Saturday? At 4.20. Oh, that's good timing. Okay. <laughs> that's the biz time. <laughs> that's the biz time. Uh, that's prime time. Prime time, baby. Especially, let me tell you, at 4.20, they'll all be there. <laughs> Everybody. No, it, It's a really great crowd at, at Carnival on the Mile. And then on Sunday, what time?
6: On Sunday at three o'clock. Okay. And that's at the Lejeune Road stage. So, in case, um, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> you will be to th-
6: like, take out your gum.
0: I'm like, I'm listening to this gum and it just doesn't sound good.
6: <laughs> <laughs> nom
0: nom nom. Well, I, I mean, there wasn't like a the ep- sound. Yeah. You know, there was one episode where we, we brought in a chef and we had dinner in here and everybody <laughs> was complaining why are you eating on the radio?
6: <laughs> Chewing gum on the radio That's not so uh, appealing But you know
0: <laughs> So which of these tracks should we start with I, I'm, I'm holding your new album It's called La Cosas de la Vida uh,
6: Let me see I like I like um, I like Paper Man is nice it, And it goes with um, Track the, number The immigration stuff that goes on here Number 8
0: Okay let's start with number 8 it's Trastic called
6: Fanatic Man. This one's for you yeah, man, love it. <laughs> Strange, I know we just met today, but are you by chance married? If not, will you marry me? You see, I'm Sans Poppier in 90 days. I gotta leave, so if you can please help me, cause I wanna stay in your world, in your world, in your world. I need to get away. world from my world and you could be my paper man let me a hand let me a hand don't see my paper man no need for a golden band don't see my paper man tell me yeah tell me yeah tell me yeah paper man after we say our right ados, we'll take a trip across the sea. We'll go on a honeymoon to Sanagano, Mexico. I'm not sure why these rules exist. I didn't make them up. And if it was up to me, we could even fall in love. Cause I want to stay in your world, in your world, in your world. That's Paperman by so
0: ruiz and picadillo i like that i like that a lot it's got that jazz feel but it's a real life story
6: yes it is definitely a real life story it happens all the time actually it, um
0: you know what drastic if you had grown up down here you could have been a paper man <laughs> drastic Do we lose you buddy Do we lose him yeah i yeah. think yeah no oh, he's still <laughs> out there but he
6: didn't want to be a paper man
0: <laughs> it
6: happened. It, it it it's a true story. That paperman story.
0: So where'd it come from?
6: Uh, actually, was um, I was in Europe. You know, you 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 remember when I went out there?
0: Oh yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But just tell me the paperman story here. So you're out there. So, in Europe. So,
6: so I'm out there in Europe, and you know, you could only stay there for three months, and I wanted to stay longer. So I just started asking around. Can okay. you be my paperman? Tell me yeah. <laughs> tell me yeah.
0: You know, usually it's the other way around. People are here in Miami, and they're like, can you be my paper man or woman?
6: Well, they're asking me. A couple people from my band are asking me now, but I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, okay, so let's back up, because usually the first thing we do is introduce our guests. But you're an old friend, not just some guest here. That's so right. So tell our audience a little bit about yourself, Soul. You're from Miami. Pick it up from there.
6: uh, I'm from Miami, born and raised, and uh, lived in New Orleans for a little while, and then I went to Madrid to live, and that's where I met these guys, Picadillo. And I was there for, like, a couple years, and then I decided to um, go on some touring, where they called me to do some touring, and I ended up in Italy living. I don't know how, but that just happened like that. And then I started my base in Italy, and uh, then... Keeping keeping on with the band going in Madrid back and forth back and forth and uh, And basically they 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 said the 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 director of the band Hector a Which you'll guy you meet him at the carnival on the mile He uh, asked he was like hey, you know, let's go to Miami and do some shows and I thought oh, man I don't really feel like going back home. But then once I got over here and I saw the reaction to the band and that that people actually were very supportive of what um, what I was doing in Europe and I had no idea because I hadn't seen anybody.
0: Well, you hadn't visited.
6: Right, I hadn't visited. Why and... don't
0: you visit more often? <laughs>
6: <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I felt like I didn't didn't fit in very well here. But then I realized <laughs> yes, that I Miami fit Yes, because Miami is in. all
0: about fitting in.
6: Yeah. Then I realized, oh, I fit right in, and actually this is a great place for me to be, and, and I feel really good here now after these years that I've been away.
0: Well, maybe Miami needed some time to, to grow up to your level there.
6: Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I think people are... <laughs> This guy's laughing back there. Yeah, I think maybe there's something about that. I mean, culturally, I think it needs to grow still some more, but I kind of like the country vibe that it has.
0: The country vibe. Yeah. Really?
6: Yeah.
0: Okay. I don't know about the country vibe.
6: Yeah, it's definitely un pantano, like we say in Spanglish, meaning a swamp.
0: (laughs) Oh, It's definitely a swamp. Don't
6: call me now, Shira. Uh Uh-oh. Actually, Shira is a friend of mine that does baby hairs with me. Oh, that's right. That's another group
0: that uh, you guys released a video a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, Titties Free, right? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if we have that one, Uh, but let's pick another one off the album. Let's pick another really good Yeah,
6: try. I'd like to promote the Pigadillo stuff because uh, that's what's going to be going on in the mile, which I, it's good that we focus on that. Yeah, let me sure. Let me see what else is on there.
0: Well, what time are you guys playing on Sunday? Saturday, you're playing at
6: 4.20. At 4.20 and, and Sunday at 3.
0: Okay, Sunday at 3, and that's on the big stage on Lejeune, right? All the way at the end of the mile.
6: Right, right.
0: Yeah. Uh, is, is it going to be your first carnival on the mile? Have you ever been over there before?
6: I played one time with the Deceme Bueno and um, Siete Rayo. with B- Buffalo was in the band. And uh, Buffalo Brown. The right.
0: Incomparable Buffalo Brown.
6: Yeah. Everybody's saying incomparable for everything lately.
0: Yeah, well, Buffalo is incomparable. I, I How many Buffalo Browns are there out he's there?
6: He's just an effing genius, man.
0: He is. Well played for the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the booth back there Like oh man I've got to take my finger Off this button now <laughs> What well, track number Let's, let's do it do,
6: I like number 10 Pueblo Mio Which I dedicate To everybody in Miami Right now
0: Alrighty Let's hear it Pueblo Mio By Picadillo <laughs>
9: lo que fue mi niñez, pueblo mío yo le canto a tus calles, ausencia de lo que fue mi niñez. Tus plazas están vacías, ya no hay risa, ya no hay vida, el viento hiere la noche, el recuerdo, el espanto, El que no pudo escapar, se tragó su llanto. El que no pudo escapar, se tragó su llanto. salvar, hay que lo deja todo, no debes mirar atrás,
6: hay de pueblo que ve
4: partir sucio, no hay recuerdo que no pueda salvar.
0: Back. This is the only in Miami show, and I'm your host Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter, and we're here with Soul Ruiz of Picadillo live in the studio, and the Drastic Fanatic. Drastic, how'd you like that one? Feeling it. I'm feeling it. Soulful, right? Soulful. What what
6: yeah. credibility do you have, Drastic Fanatic? That. You are making all these comments back there. He's our sports geek.
0: Oh, this is sports. the sports hour. That's uh, why we invited you
6: because you're a Heat fan. Oh, exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Now I okay. understand why you well, called I'm me. Born,
10: I'm born and raised in Queens, so it's a little, we grow up with a little bit of a beat, a little bit of a different beat. But uh, I can appreciate good music.
6: <laughs> hey, what's that? Um, what's that uh, new player that we got? Uh, uh, white side white side. So so. I got this I got this cheer for him right
0: Okay let's, yep. hear, it. let's hear
6: it White hot white side White hot white side
0: I like it Hello. That kid is white hot That's like, that's like a two sided
10: uh, sign right there You One person <laughs> with the white and you keep flipping over The side and the
6: hot I Actually I'm, I gotta copyright that one <laughs>
0: There you go Let's start with the t-shirts You yeah. know you know what though? He's playing right I now. I got a
6: t-shirt business. Oh yeah? Oh, there we go. Yeah, but I only make one type of t-shirt and it, and it says IP in pools. <laughs> and on the back it says showers
0: too. <laughs> I'm an extra large. <laughs> yeah,
6: man, these are I mean, it's blowing up my IP and pools business.
0: That is a like That's that. big business. I think I right would there. do well in Boca Raton.
10: <laughs> you
6: live up there in Boca?
10: <laughs> yeah, baby. Boca, baby.
6: La yes. Boca del Raton.
0: Exactly. exactly. It's the-, <laughs> the mouth of the rat. Precisely the mouth of the rat. Oh, uh, geez. Actually, the Heat are playing right now. They're playing uh, against uh, the Phoenix Suns.
6: Don't tell everyone because they're going to just go watch TV instead of listening.
0: No, no, no. They can stick around for another nine minutes. Here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we do a, play, the can game, we do right? a fl-
6: fake play-by-play? <laughs> yeah, you can do
0: a fake play-by-play.
10: <laughs> uh, we need the express written consent of the Miami Heat to do that.
6: Okay.
10: But, um, yeah. So,
0: so who's your favorite player?
10: Me? I'm actually a Knicks fan. Don't
4: ask.
6: Oh my god! His favorite god. player, wait, wait,
0: but you know what though? You lived in Argin- in, in uh, Italy, all those years. His favorite player is Andrea Bargnani. He's the best Italian player in the entire NBA right now. Yeah,
6: he makes he makes a good lasagna.
0: Him? I call him the wet noodle. <laughs> oh, he's definitely a wet noodle.
6: He's definitely got a wet noodle, and um, I, I love the way he
10: dribbles.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he's dribbling involuntarily at
10: this point. You know always there to wipe his chin, right? uh, Yeah.
0: yeah. No. So you were going to play a little song for us. Is it a Miami Heat song?
6: It's a Miami. Okay, can I just sing a classic Heat song before I go? Yes. Can you feel the heat down in my soul? Can you feel the heat down in my soul? Can you feel it?
0: Can you feel it?
6: Can you feel it?
0: Can you feel it? It's
6: Miami Heat. We can't be beat. It's Miami Heat.
0: <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <sighs> a mystery,
6: huh? <laughs> I'm a serious Heat fan since I'm a kid. So anyway.
0: That's awesome. You,
10: you got to bring her into the studio to, um, whatchamacallit, to your friends at Miami Heat. Oh, yeah. It's official.
0: Yeah, we gotta oh, do it. We gotta do it.
6: Yeah, I'll do the next Heat song. We'll
0: okay. Put the Birdman on there too.
6: Yeah, I got a uh, featuring Birdman? the Birdman, or I'll be featuring on the Birdman song.
0: <laughs> Which Birdman? Biscayne Birdman, Sean the Birdman, Birdman the Birdman. There's a lot of Birdmen in Miami now.
6: Oh, I just mean the Birdman from the Heat.
0: Okay, and not Michael Keaton.
6: No. Okay. I don't like that movie. Didn't nah. like
0: it. Not a big fan. Fell asleep first five minutes. I preferred Whiplash. That was a great film.
6: I I haven't seen that one.
0: You'd appreciate that one. It's yeah. all about like... A, child a, abuse. Yes. Music teacher into child abuse and creating better th- art for it.
6: I think I would feel too close to home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've, you've got the ukulele out. Let's hear it tune. Come on. La da da la
6: How I long for your touch in La Sombra de la Mate Mango You are far far away, but the <speaks> Hey you're distracting me <laughs> But the distance won't sway my heart I want to gaze in your eyes and tell you "Quando te amo." And if it's meant to be, it will be. Kiss it up, Maybe one day you'll come to Miami. My heart, dippy dippy da, dippy dippy day. Be doing what you wanna, but no one thing. In these days, love is rare. The bumps in the road more like lomas. I got to work just like you. A long list of to do's. La vida loca, and I wish I could sing. I'd be there tomorrow, my heart. tipi Pita Tipiti Pite day. and if I could, you know I would, con remendagana, but until then, aquí está tu linda cubana, hey, échate pa' in the base love you
0: yep nice
6: oh thanks anyway you know let's remind people where oh oh there's a lot oh, of there, there they keep the we
0: we were keeping that studio audience under glass just for this moment.
6: Oh, thank you. So, so let's just remind people that on on the seventh and the eighth at the Carnival on the Mile, we're gonna be Picadillo,
0: picadillo. over
6: over playing at um, on the Lejeune Road stage at four twenty and at three o'clock.
0: Uh, four twenty on Saturday, three p.m. on Sunday at the Carnival on the Mile. That's right. And uh,
6: Lejeune stage.
0: Yes, the Lejeune stage, and you can find out more at Carnival. That's C-A-R-N-A-V-A-L, CarnivalMiami.com. And uh, you can find them on Twitter. You can find them on Facebook. But where can we find you, Soul? Where can we find you on on Twitter and on Facebook and all these I'll
6: things? I'll definitely be just at my house after this show.
0: Okay, so we can find you at the house.
6: But don't, don't look for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm probably going to be at the dry cleaners.
0: Okay, okay. But online, where can your uh, many, many, many fans, and I'm talking about the ones that, that your fans as a stand-up comic, where can they find you?
6: They can go to my Facebook, and uh, that's just a regular Sol Ruiz, I think. You could just look up S-O-L-R-U-I-Z. And then you can look up Picadillo, P-I-C-A-D-I-L-L-O. That's Picadillo. the name of the band, yeah.
0: And and what does that mean for our audience who may not realize what picadillo is?
6: It's a Creole dish of a um, based on meat, uh, um, minced meat, that's in a frying pan with many goodies like um, eggs. You could pre- pretty much put anything that you like in it: eggs, um, olives, raisins. It's delicious.
0: It's it is very delicious. And
6: crocodile teeth.
0: I don't know if I'd put that in my picadillo (laughs) You sure?
6: Well, you know, you got to if you want to have the extra flavor
0: (laughs) Extra flavor (laughs) (laughs) And where can can our audience find your album, Las Cosas de la Vida?
6: You could find it on um, CD Baby You can find it, or I think that it's on Amazon Just Google, come on guys, Google things
0: what should we Google? Google Picadillo Sol Ruiz, yeah?
6: Picadillo Las Cosas de la Vida, and that, that album is going to come up. Anyway, who's buying CDs nowadays? Anybody out there going to buy it?
0: Hey, I bought one this week to support oh, yeah? a, a performing musician. They're called Blue Jay. They're local, and I thought they were pretty cool.
6: Yeah, I mean, if there's people like Grant out there, go ahead and buy this CD because we really need your help.
0: And I got to buy a CD <laughs> player so I can listen to it. Drastic, thanks for calling in, buddy.
10: Thank you.
6: See and you, Drastic.
0: That is the, all the time we have for tonight's show. No. Yes, but, but we'll be back little. next Monday night. This is the Only in Miami show. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya.